Hello, and welcome to AMO Kenzoku, episode 27. We are a group of four bubblegum crisis boomer otaku who want an excuse to talk about anime, manga, and any related subjects we find interesting. The Kenzoku are Nick. Hello. Mike. Hey, y'all. Dylan. Howdy. And I am Sam. This episode is being recorded on January twenty January sixteenth, uh twenty twenty three. February. Friction. February. I wrote January, but it is February indeed. Uh, <laughs> um uh, and we're talking about uh the shows from last season, uh fall of twenty twenty two, uh which before we usually talk about stuff as they were uh, starting and we'd kind of preview what we thought, but it's been long enough that we did one of these that there's been a whole season since then and we're well into a new season. So we wanted to kind of talk about what we watched and what we thought about stuff. And there was a lot of good stuff last season. Uh, I'll just start with the kind of probably the most popular one with everybody, including people, not us. Um, Chainsaw Man. Uh, I think all of us, but Mike watched this one. Uh, so what did you guys think, uh, Dylan? What are your thoughts on Chainsaw Man? So I went, uh, you pointed me to the manga and I went on a super manga binge a while ago and read all roughly a hundred chapters that were out at the time. And then I was like, hype, hype for the, for the show. So watching the show, um, I went back and forth because there's some things about it that I really think they did a cool job on and extended and made things a little more clear than I feel like they were in the manga. And then other things were like, yeah, this is cool. And I'm like, but it's not really like any different. It's in some ways it kind of felt like they didn't do things that were different for the manga. Um, uh, like you wanted them to put a little bit of, extra spin on it yeah or do something because it, it's for the most part and like this is maybe this is one of these things too where i just like i went i went on a super blur attack of the manga so <laughs> that can make it hard to comprehend that versus you know watching a show that's taking uh what's it like roughly the first uh, like 30 chapters of the manga or something like that or and around turning that, like that, 20 25 ish you know? yes something in that range and turning that into you know a 12 episode show so it definitely stretches it out quite a bit more and i was watching it weekly as it came out roughly um the i honestly i think my favorite part of the anime was how they did the endings for each episode um right. where each episode got one and its own song, which is crazy. And the animations were generally really cool and interesting. And some of them were like part of the episode and kind of like an epilogue or almost like a, a little kind of like a side vignette to go with the episode. And I thought that was a really cool thing. And they were generally very well done and, and interesting to watch. Yeah. I was kind of, I'm kind of torn on that. Like part of me, likes the um the routine of a an ending that gets a lot of attention um and then this one kind of being jarring like i didn't really feel any attachment to it and i wasn't ever really i don't know you know like you look forward to an opening if the ending is good you look forward to the ending and this ending was kind of like i would see what it was and i was like oh okay that's that's neat but it didn't ever feel like chainsaw man it just felt like kind of a bonus thing yeah, I agree as well. I I think the I I respect what they were trying to do with the endings, like you know, th yeah. 12, twelve, thirteen unique songs and unique you know, animate. Like you basically have to have dedicated staff to just animate and assemble that. So that's a lot of effort. So I appreciate that. But for me personally, I didn't really ultimately end up caring about most of them because you hear the song once and that's it. So you don't gain like an attachment to it, which is for me, for op-eds, that's a big deal is like hearing it and looking, you know, it's a part that you're supposed to look forward to if you enjoy it. So there was none of that, which it's, it's fine. Like I respect what MAPPA is trying to do mm -hmm. with the medium. Um, I mean, I, I'm going to kind of hijack and t give my take now. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so I'm I, I'm in this I'm I've I generally echo Dylan's sentiments. Um, you know I I've read manga uh, not super long ago, but long enough ago that you know I was definitely excited about the announcement. And mm-hmm. my initial feeling when I heard it was going to be Mappa was kind of mixed because I feel like Mappa now is like what Madhouse was to us in our circle like oh what 20 years ago where there's kind of like what we feel what we would like to call like the a squad and the b squad you know what i mean like (laughs) yeah yeah. certain mappa franchises just look better than others and you can see the effort put in i was confident they were going to throw in their heaviest traders for chainsaw man because too big of an ip to mess up real yeah and i would say i i've i think they did a fantastic job kind of expanding what 3D how 3D can empha- like emphasize and um, actually move forward the medium versus mm-hmm. versus being a crutch and in my opinion kind of being lazy I think overall there are many cuts in Chainsaw Man I really liked and in general I think it was a, like it was a very faithful adaptation so I would say it's a pretty adequate substitute for the manga, if you don't want to be bothered to read it, uh, I mm-hmm. recommend anybody read it. It's it's phenomenal, and if you actually want to see what happens further, because I could kind of see what the pacing where where exactly they were going to end the the you know the the initial. Season. I'm assuming it'll get a second season with how successful. Oh yeah, it was. <laughs> I would assume it was very expensive to make too, just because some, the way they did some cuts must must have been super labor intensive. So yeah, um, but yeah, overall, I I enjoyed it. Um, a lot. Uh, I I think it was just kind of for me got got lost in the fact that fall fall twenty twenty two was honestly probably one of if not the strongest season in recent memory. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. Um, for me on the the animation front, I, I I think you put it really well. Like, I for for a while watching it, I was kind of disappointed because I'm you know I'm not a no secret that I'm not a super big CG anime fan. Uh, and I don't like it when it's used as a shortcut. Um, and in the beginning when I was watching it, actually, as I watched the whole thing, my kind of reasoning was, well, maybe they're just doing this because if they want this high-quality animation, this is the kind of the sacrifice that they have to make where they have to use CG. Um, so I kind of wrote it off that way. But I also watched um, Mob Psycho 100 Season 3 you know i've been watching that and that is in the same season and i and as i finished mob psycho i was like wait a minute this show has fantastic amazing animation and there's no way this thing didn't have uh less at the same or less than the budget of chainsaw man so the chainsaw man was had to have been a deliberate stylistic choice Mm. Uh, because mappa did both right mappa's doing mob psycho Uh, as well right no, Mop Psycho was uh, Bones, I think. It was Bones because I think it's Madhouse does One Punch Man and Bones does uh, Mop Psycho. Mm, I see. So, I, I, you know, kudos to them. They're doing different things, and I do appreciate when people do it. I don't like it as much. All in all, though, the show is, was a great adaptation, I think. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm super looking forward to the next season. Inevitable next season. Uh, yes, Mob, Mob Psycho 100 is Bones. Oh, apparently music, music it's by Kenji Kawai, so I have to watch that show now. Which I've I've already, I've heard about it for quite a bit, and I've literally just never watched it because then it wasn't available on any of the services I had for a while, and then time flows by. But I'll I'll be able to catch up with the uh, with winter shows. Oh, one more thing I <laughs> yeah. I wanted to add um, mm-hmm. for what unrelated to animation was uh, I really appreciated the pretty brave choice of ca- the casting call for uh for denji um his va uh i think it's uh what's, let me look at it. it's kikunosuke toya kikunosuke like he's super new like he's done very very little i think oh really csm might be his his debut to be honest um i don't see any almost any credits for him but i thought he did a really good job yeah as denji um normally you know freshman efforts aren't you know, aren't aren't like a, the star character, so they went really, you know, r- really took a, a leap of faith. And I mean, I think he did a great job. 
bringing the character to life. Uh, he's a very difficult character to do, right? Because he's not yeah. he's not really likable, but pe- but you still like him. If that makes sense, I mean, at least that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Like you know, obviously he he got dealt a pretty crap hand in life, but he's not exactly a a, a likable fellow. But you still end up rooting for him just because you mm-hmm. know the situation is what it is. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, he's but he's he's yeah he's not super likable, but he's also not in like the anti-hero category. He's a de- definitely not. I think he's like he, survivor. Yeah, he kind yeah. Of, he. I think he leans. Well, I mean, he he. I mean, him and power, right? <laughs> Both of them. They yeah. they more or less are going to to go with whatever side is probably going to win. And right now, they they think the and and also the situation that that's beneficial to them, which the humans obviously are, you know, feeding and housing them, which is pretty much all they want. Yeah. Yeah. Super good. Uh, um. Cool. Oh yeah. Uh, I I want to keep on that for a second. I want to keep on the the opening of Chainsaw Man because. Oh yeah. Oh, here we go. I don't know. Like <laughs> it's cool, and then I also like I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Like I I think the song the song is a kind of a cool, interesting song, and. I guess it kind of matches. I just like the animation in there is kind of cool, but I frankly, I do not like, I just don't like the opening. I, I'm not skipping over it. It's not like it's terrible. The song's cool. It's, it's well done, but like there's so much stuff in there and there's so many of these weird hard cuts and all of this stuff into like weird, like very specific, like movie reference, like nineties American movie references and things and all this other stuff. I hated that. Yeah. And then like you get to all of like the character cuts and like, I just, I did not, like, it's one of the things where, like, no, I don't hate it. I'm not, I'm not skipping over it, like, but I'm not like, oh, man, I got to check. This opening is so awesome. Like, everyone, everyone go watch this opening. It's so cool. Yeah, for me, it was like, I really like the song, and the animation is pretty good, despite um, some very blatant CG that I don't like. Um, but I I really find the the film references distasteful it it seems made for a a uh, social media world where it's like oh look at all these things i'm going to point out all of the different where <laughs> these references are from you know just like i don't know just it, like when i i think i've said this before but like when i watch an opening like it's a chance for animators to like showcase their skill and creativity but when they're effectively like just tracing movie frames i just we're missing out on a lot of that yeah, so I I echo most of mostly your sentiments, Sam. I I love the song. Uh, I love. Ken, I went on a Kenji or you know as a kind of listening spree afterwards because I I really love just how kind of discordant it is. Like it's really herky jerky, and it, it matches to me. It matches the theme of Chainsaw Man really well. And mm-hmm. that being said, for the actual animation, I think the opening. Uh, I don't know, like eight like eight to ten seconds, and then the maybe the last two cuts are probably. The, my favorite because they don't they're not laden with movie references because i agree i think the yeah. most of it is kind of ham-fistedly just being like hey check out these edgy you know five second clips from <laughs> your, your you know these these you know cult favorite movies i'm kind of like eh like the the one scene they have they the one cut they have where they're all sitting in the movie theater watching stuff i, I think is okay in mm-hmm. the middle and then pretty much yeah so it's pretty much that and then the very beginning the very end when uh when denji and power are just dancing <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. everything's blowing up and going to hell. It's like that personifies the those two characters and their relationship like perfectly. So, right. other, so there are definitely elements of it I like. I love the song. The song to, for me is like a nine and a half out of ten. Um, the animation is like mm, like a six. So mm-hmm. overall, drops it. You know, I that's why ultimately it didn't make my my in the Kenzuki episode. It didn't make my list of uh in my top five just because. As much as I love the song, there were I had too many issues with the actual animation itself. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Well, let's go on to our next show. Here we have uh, Gundam: Witch of Mercury, which Nick, Mike, and Dylan watched. I only watched the prelude, so I'm not gonna pitch in much here. I actually um, didn't watch all of it, so I'm not even like I'm like a half. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Yeah, so. How about you, Mike? How much did you watch the show? I watched all of it, even if I just finished Ooh. it tonight. But... Uh, it, <laughs> it, 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 it counts. It counts. 
I enjoyed it, but I'm... I don't know. I've, my record with Gundam is very, very spotty, and so a Gundam that I actually enjoy is fairly rare. Like, 0080 is probably the highest on my list, which is like the Gundam beloved of non-Gundam fans. <laughs> <laughs> Questions your credentials on? Uh, that's, that's War in the Pocket, correct? Yeah. That's Macross yeah. the Gundam. I mean, Yamagasan Gundam, yeah, masterpiece. I mean, it's 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 an all time. And this was likewise not exactly traditional Gundam. It was like Gundam starting with Utena tropes and then turning into a startup, and then I'm not sure where it's going after season one, ending with some trauma shock from a Gundam, <laughs> and yeah. definitely setting things up for a season two. <laughs> Yeah, take that off on your bingo card. <laughs> but it has me hooked, and I'm definitely looking forward to a season two, so it'll absolutely be on my watch whenever that comes out. I'm I'm excited to to watch the show, but yeah, I just haven't had time. But hey, as was said before, winter is probably going to be the time. Uh, <laughs> how about you, uh, Nick? Uh, yeah, so I only watched, I can't remember how, I think it was like four or five episodes, and I, I didn't stop because I, I was not enjoying it, it was just more, fall was very crowded with shows I wanted to watch, and it just kind of got pushed off um, for the later bin, which I'm glad I did, because uh, winter is not looking super optimistic for me. So, but that being said, I, I, I agree with Mike, I generally don't really enjoy, um, Gundams, you know, it's I I would say that it's more more unusual for me to enjoy a Gundam series than not, and it's it's usually because most of the recent ones just honestly are just too damn long. Like this, <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. it's just they're marathons. I'm like, man, I don't, I can't, I can't watch fifty episodes of this. Which is one thing I think I'll appreciate about Gundam, which is you know, it's at least currently it, it, it's thirteen episodes, but they they still manage to get a lot done. They also do something that I thought was long and coming and should have been done way longer ago, which is they finally started rotoscoping the mecha stuff, which t makes loads of sense because render mm -hmm. it in 3D because that way you can get the cool angles and stuff and then just draw over so it doesn't look like crap. So yeah. I'm glad they started to do that. I'm sure they've done it in other ones, but definitely not in the ones I've watched. So Yeah, I really liked the look of this one. Admittedly, my standard for sunrise tv anime is still mostly 90s and before because i haven't seen that much <laughs> they've done recently because they've been so in gundam mode and i have so not been yeah so that being said lo love love the the prelude uh set the tone very well very very gundam feeling <laughs> and then mm -hmm. they throw that massive curveball when you fast forward whatever number of years to ep1 and it's like whoa it's up school life gundam question mark <laughs> and then yeah and then like you know i don't hate this and i was very intrigued so yeah i'm looking forward to watching i will i will finish it most uh just i didn't happen to finish it by the episode but yeah overall uh great job especially for non-uc gundam i would say generally speaking if it's not uc the chances of me liking it are significantly lower so oh really yeah generally speaking there's plenty of uc stuff i i shouldn't say plenty but there is definitely uc stuff i don't like but more often than not, the Gundam I do enjoy is from the um, Universal Century, not the um, alternate alternate timeline stuff. Mm, interesting. I, I like the non-UC because it means I, I kind of don't know what to expect as much. Kind Fair. Of they're more free to do stuff, but... Fair. Yeah. Whatever number of years is definitely a question because the character they imply is a character and her apparent age and yet the number of years everyone seems to say it's been since the events in the prelude really aren't matching up for me so i'm curious when they'll explain that but they haven't yet hmm. Hmm. interesting what are you doing uh so i watched the whole thing uh watched it roughly as it uh roughly as it came out and i think some of the i i agree with the most people's Thoughts there. I think it's really cool. I I quite adore the uh, opening song. I think the song is really cool and uh, sounds it well and is a great great Gundam opening song. 
Uh, there's a lot of stuff in the show that I think is is done very well. Like I think the art is very uh, consistent and well done throughout with character designs that are, I think, not necessarily the easiest to draw, but they did a good job at having the whole world be consistent throughout there. Um, and there's some other stuff they've done in there that's um, pretty interesting. And I don't think this is any like huge spoil or anything that, but they turn it this, this version, at least I have not seen every Gundam because nobody has, but um, in this one, at least they turn it around and it's like earth is the underdog and like everyone has out in, in uh, space, uh, space Riverdale is, um, you know, it's just like, there's, there's a few earth people there, but it's, it's almost kind of like cowboy bebop esque where like earth is just like, Oh God, you're from earth. God, you suck. Um, uh, so there's interesting stuff there. And then there's other things that like annoy the crap out of me with the show. Like, like oftentimes the main character, like annoys the the crap out of me, but you know, I did keep watching it and I'm, I'm certainly glad that he did and want to keep going. Um, some of the yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's fair. She's definitely more like a duck from princess Tutu than an Utena from Utena. And even that's being generous. Isn't that like almost a prerequisite for being a main character in a Gundam is to be insufferable? You may somewhat have a point there. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, can, can I'm, you, I'm grossly generalizing, but like what <laughs> in a, in a Gundam where you know you have a adolescent pilot as the main character, I feel like that's kind of a prerequisite. Yeah, they are all somewhat insufferable in their own ways. That's true. They're they're all they're all kind of insufferable, and the good ones are also kind of kind of charming and in their way. I, and I think it, adults. <laughs> I think a few things that kind of explain uh, the series writer for this was uh, Ichiro Okochi, who's written tons of stuff, and and some of these might help to explain even some of the artists, but like all over the place. Um, from uh, Azumanga Daio, which was adaptation, but uh, Code Geass, like all of the original story and everything on that. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? Yep. But that was uh, Kuroda. No, no, he's he's no. credited his original story script for like everything, pretty much. Um, and he did a bunch of some of the screenplays and stuff for like uh, Razafon, series composer for Overman King King Geiner. You know, everyone's seen that show. <laughs> no, I'm the only one. Um, the opening's and, amazing. And. Um, and he did some screenplay and scripts for Turn A Gundam, which is also one of the most interesting Gundams Gundams ever. So I think some of the, written some other stuff, but I think those ones kind of. And before all that, did the uh, light novel versions of Utena, I believe. Huh. Interesting. I would not be surprised. Um. So yeah. So I think the show is it's. Yeah, it's cool, and it's an interesting take. Some of the middle episodes are there. I was kind of like, oh, gosh, I don't know. And I watched it back. All right, these are fine. Um, but then it, uh, but it always, it always kept me coming back to it. So it was my, is it my top show of the season? No, but it's a show of the season that I, that I watched. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. that's fair. Interesting. <laughs> you looking forward to the second season then? Yeah, I am. It's one of those things too, where I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm curious. I want to see where they're going with it. And and I think I, I kind of agree with uh think Nick's point where it's like, okay, you get kind of the more these days kind of the the bonesy style of stuff where it's like, all right, let's put out twelve eps at a time and then take a season or so off and come back and put out another twelve so at least you don't feel like you're you know, sitting down and being like, All right, let's commit to this every week for a year. Yeah. Uh hmm. I'm torn on that. I kind of like just having something to keep going for. But yeah, I can see having a break is nice. It just kind of sucks when you have to wait so long, especially if it's, if it's something really good. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Sorry, let me let me oh, inter- yeah. let me interject here with a question that's going to possibly derail the entire rest of the episode. <laughs> Uh-oh, all right. And <laughs> bracing. Um can anyone here can you explain rotoscoping because you guys say it before but i'm not it's not i'm not clear exactly what it is that you're talking about or good examples of like well done or poorly done essentially it's tracing hand animation over 
either a motion picture or like live action or computer generated frames. Okay. So, so in anime, generally speaking, oh no, that's not true because there's plenty of of of, of examples of live action, especially for like dancing and like very, you know, artistic movements. I think it's very mm-hmm. popular. That's why I think Sam, you you can, uh, uh, your favorite show, Yuri on Ice, <laughs> uses <laughs> yeah. uh, uses it liberally. Um, I can definitely think of uh, other shows. Oh, uh, it's been a staple of Disney animation yes. going way back. Too. Way back, yeah. Like those, like that, like the the famous Cinderella dancing with the uh, dwarf scene. That particular cut's been like recycled, I think, across like four or five different movies or something like that. There's um, flowers of evil right flower of evil flowers of evil um was a kind of controversial anime from boy a number of years ago now um that was i believe entirely rotoscoped from live action which which put a lot of people off well yeah so long story short it's basically uh hand ha- tracing hand-drawn animation over something that's been previously recorded from either live live action or 3d cg to get like the very specific looks and angles that you that benefit from those mediums but you still get the hand-drawn look of animation i I will say that like i I would almost call it a plague of of anime that cg has unlocked um a kind of uh ability to i'm putting this negatively but I, i don't really mean it that way but to be lazy basically like you can get high quality animation by rotoscoping cg stuff the unfortunate thing is it it does have a telltale CG look to it uh, when you do it. I mean, that's been done going all the way back to, like, Acura, though, so it's... Before pure CG became super common in anime, rotoscoping from CG was still used for certain scenes. Yeah, but not not in the same way, though. Like, this is... I'm going to have a character modeled in 3D, and instead of rendering, I'm literally going to trace the 3D model and like it's moving um, programmatically, right? Using some program to tell it how to move easily. Like I'm going to have my character walk up the stairs and I'm going to give this a really dynamic camera angle, but you're going to see their arms move kind of awkwardly because they've been animated in 3D, right? Yeah, Yeah, I do feel like I like it more for mecha animation than I do for character animation. Bingo. That's why it works so well for Gundam Witch, because it's it's a Gundam, so it's a robot, it's going to move robotically. That's okay. Humans, not so much. I think rotoscoping people, you should, it should be limited to actual, like, real, real uh, footage, in my opinion. So then with the Witch of Mercury, the point is like, okay, so they went and yeah, they did the CG... Gundam stuff, which they've been doing for quite a while, but then rather than just leaving that as is, they went and said, "All right, let's let's go trace and draw, draw over this and have it follow along, so that it then looks like it matches more in with the artistic style of the show." Bingo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it looks a lot better, I think. Mm. Cool. All right, cool. Thanks. All right. Sorted that out. I um, guess while we're derailing, question for those who've seen more Gundam than I am: Is this? Mm-hmm kind of seems to imply that this is sort of a corporate-run future, like where different families who are heads of different corporations seem to be the ones largely controlling things. Is that a common Gundam scenario, or is it... Nope. I feel like it's usually, like, like municipality, like, like, you know, municipalities and, like, nations, usually, with Gundam. Even UC or non-UC, it's usually more like nation-states versus, like, corporations. Yeah, or it's like, there there are corporations that are there, but they're usually more kind of in the background, and corporations are usually more, uh, like, arms dealers, where they're trying to sell to mm-hmm. both sides. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like, they, or they're, like, PMC, or something like that, equivalent to something like that. Like, uh, what was it for Gundam Double the Celestial Being, right? Was that was that the organization in Gundam Double O? Yeah. And like there's like in, in you and you see it's Anaheim Electronics and they they sell to everyone. Yeah, um, you're you're the uh, UC expert here, Dylan, so I lecture us. I have to I have to step up my yeah, this my UC almost game. seems like maybe throwing in with the mishmash of Utena and like Shark Tank, you've also maybe got some 
Dune elements, like the different corporate houses almost feel sort of Dune-esque, but not that. Hmm. That's an interesting take, One of them being named Benerit and being run by, like, four mysterious old women as a shady council, like, makes me wonder if they just took Bene Gesserit and dropped some syllables there. (laughs) Huh. That's an interest. That's an interesting thing. Uh, I'm not super. I mean, I saw, I watched the new movie, but, uh, huh. That's that. I would totally believe that as a, you know, a reasonable artistic interpretation of a thing that they kind of give us a little tongue in cheek. Hey, 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 we like this too. This is cool. Yeah, I mean, as for Utena, when there's literally a character named Choo Choo who has hair that sort of looks like monkey or mouse ears, (laughs) 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 and a uh, princess that, or, you know, heir that one wins the bride of in the duels who likes to garden in a greenhouse, then they're not subtle on that aspect. (laughs) All right, well, I'm going to... I'm going to move us along now. Um, uh, Akiba Maid War is another popular one. Uh, I watched this. Nick watched this and Dylan watched this. Uh, Dylan, what would you like about this series or not like? Uh, so I'm, I am I watched the first step a while ago, thought it was hilarious, and then got distracted by life. Um, and I'm back like in the episode three, and uh, it's pretty great. Like, I love, mm-hmm. I love the, like, the premise is so cool because it's just, hey, like, what is this? Oh, we're like 90s active maids. And I like, remember how they, I went to the writing session or whatever came up with. It was like, you know how they were always like fighting? It seemed like they were always fighting with each other. Like, what if they were literally like fighting and murdering each other? Like, no, no, we got to make this more ridiculous. Not just a little bit, like blowing up buildings and mass yeah. murders. And uh, it's really... It's really quite fun. I love the uh, I love the boss because she's just like the worst. She's so bad. She is. My, <laughs> yes. She is my favorite character. She is hilarious. She, <laughs> she looks like uh, she looks like she her art style looks like she belongs in a uh, Kotobuki uh, show like uh, Call Call of the Night or um, uh, Dagashigashi. Um, uh-huh. Like the, uh-huh. her eyes very much like like that. Um, I I love the premise and like I in watching like an episode and a half for the last couple of days, I've just been like, like, no, this is too funny. This is hilarious. And they have all these like ridiculous anime callbacks where they go out to like a boxing thing. And then all of a sudden the boss has, the mm-hmm. boss is looking like the coach from Ashita no Joe. <laughs> and like, yeah. um, it's really great. The, I'd say the low points for the show for me are, is honestly probably like the opening. Like, I don't think. Oh, it, really? I love the opening. Oh, the opening's great. I don't know. I just, it didn't, it didn't catch me as anything that was like, fabulous the ending was kind of fun um uh like it's cute like i like the opening but it wasn't one where i'm like oh man i love this i want to listen to the song and i want to watch this endlessly uh for me um but other than that like it's it's pretty it's pretty ridiculous and great in its ridiculousness that it that it lives in yeah i, I like the the thing about the i'm kind of torn on the opening like i really do love it but it's like it's almost like two different songs uh which is the weird part for me, but overall, I think it's really good. And I, the, the ending is just so perfect for the show. <laughs> oh man, they just nailed it so hard. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's. I don't know if it's one I'm gonna go back and like listen to a lot. Maybe sometimes. Ron- um, Ronco's and... VA crushes the role. Oh. Like she does it so well. I, I so good. The voice acting is just really, really on point for that one. Uh, I, I totally agree with you on the opening. It's. It almost feels like. Uh, it's one part Black Lagoon and one part like yeah, yeah. one part like Love Live or something, you know, some other one of those idol <laughs> yeah. shows. It's, but I guess that's but, what the show is too. Is it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, True. Wow. I the way I try to sell it to people is uh, imagine Black Lagoon, but replace the gangster setting with maids, but they act like the gangsters, and that's basically basically what it is in my opinion. Uh, it's great. Uh, PA Works does it again with something weird and out there and doing it really well. Animation is not like stellar, but it's certainly not poor either. The art quality, I think, carries the show. Uh, it's mm-hmm. art's very consistent. Characters are all likable. There's a, f- a, f- a fantastic ensemble cast. Um, yeah, you know they tr- they actually carry over 
a loose plot between episodes, which I, at least later on, which I do yeah. actually kind of appreciate with the whole, like, takeover and stuff with, what was it, the, uh, oh gosh, the, the, all the puns, too. The, the trans, subtitling the show must have been hell, because they have so many <laughs> yeah. puns. I mean... Like Ketam, oh, there's a Ketamuno Land, the is yeah, the, the Ketamuno Land, yeah. yeah, and then the UFO or something, like that, whatever the uh, Maydalian, yeah, Maydalian, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, uh, the I I totally agree with all that stuff. Like the characters are so great. They the animation stays pretty decent. Like it, it's good when it needs to be. It's never like blow your mind uh i think except for the the first episode was had some really good stuff yeah the uh the power um, the para para dancing murder scene at yeah. the end was particularly yes. Uh, notable yes <laughs> that was when i when i saw that i was like what am i watching <laughs> <laughs> this is so great it's i who thought of this this is so weird <laughs> it's so good yeah yeah i would say akiba made war easily wins the best weird show award by a landslide for me yeah, I, I think we were saying that like this show is like way better than it has any right to be. Exactly. Right? Like, yeah. Well, you're selling me on it pretty well so far. <laughs> oh yeah. The the premise, reading the premise and looking at the key art does literally no justice to it because it. I I watched it trolling myself because of the title, and I was like, after finished the first up, I was like, I don't. I think I even brought it up when I watched it at first. I was like, this had exponentially more blood in it than i thought it was going to to the point of comical levels right like somebody got shot in the head and like literally it's like a geyser of blood going and spraying somebody in the face i was just like what Mm -hmm. on earth is this and then i i totally bought it after that it was it's uh super enjoyable and uh comes with a a a big thumbs up for me i i keep thinking like maybe i would describe it as like a black comedy um just because, yeah, it's it's really dark, um, but it's not like it doesn't take itself. Obviously, it does not take itself seriously, uh, and it just it's just such a like a, a pitch perfect uh, parody of like old gangster shows, old yeah. like Yakuza. Yakuza. Yeah, literally, it's yeah. like it's like watch if Yakuza the game was you know the Ryuga Gotoku series was like animated yeah. and skinned over with uh, '90s maids. So it basically, would be this. I have to imagine that the the VAs just had so much fun with this. Oh man, they had to, right? Like again, going back to Ronko's VA, like she she plays this hard boiled killer and still can do the even in the opening where her lines she's like deadpan singing like moe moe kyun stuff, right? And it's like, (laughs) my God, how hard was this to record for her? Like kudos to her. Interest interesting. I was I was looking like the series composition and scriptwriters have done like nearly nothing else really yeah like wow like it's written by four people the only one who's done really anything is at all is one of them who was the series composition for yaboi konming uh, oh. that, that tracks ah. another pa work show and another kind of odd show as well so. but like no one the series composer yoshi yoshihiro hiki like there's literally this is the only entry on anime news network for them wow and the, that's exciting yeah i know I, this yeah. bright bright future for for this you know this group of people because this is it. definitely a show that is made in the writing because if the writing were yeah. garbage it, it wouldn't matter that it was a cool premise you'd just be like oh, man the show could have been cool and they they sucked it up yeah. but like no it's great I, and then like I, everything I, else adds on but i feel like if they didn't have, if this show didn't have that base of writing that was fun and carried stuff through well then good VAing wouldn't yeah. have saved it to 200 percent. like i i was watching the first episode thinking holy cow this is amazing um but i know you know in three episodes it's probably going to turn to garbage um but whatever i'll enjoy it while i do and you know if it gets boring i'll stop but it like stayed consistently entertaining the whole time and uh, and they change up enough that it keeps you like engaged like it, they don't recycle like they recycle some gags but not but they mix and match enough that it keeps you engaged yeah well and especially when they kind of get into that like you know in the beginning it's very episodic but yes. then it gets into the running plot mm-hmm. um, which is a really nice transition to yeah. kind of keep you hooked ah, that was man <laughs> such a surprise yeah um cool all right so let's go here to our next one uh another surprise uh, Bochi the Rock. Yeah. Uh, 
all of us, Nick, myself, and Dylan watched. Um, I want to say I I didn't pick this one up until near the end of the season uh, on a whim, I guess. And another one I was I was really surprised at how much I enjoyed it, and I kind of got addicted without even realizing it, uh, and I just had to keep watching until I was caught up. Uh, how did you feel, Nick? I will say with Bochi, it was one of those where I started watching it, and I guess the analogy I use is it's like eating a, a, a bowl of chips. Like, you just eat it, and then all of a sudden, there's no more, and you're <laughs> like, what just happened? I, I, I feel like I just started, and that's how I felt with, with Bochi. Not to say that it was too short, but mm-hmm. just it came, and I enjoyed it so much. Um, for me, the the biggest part for me that I really, really love about it is it, to me... It portrays the like indie music scene better than any other anime I've ever seen. Like oh. people like to try to compare this to Kaon. It's not even even close. Oh yeah, Kaon romanticizes it and honestly does a terrible job of it. If, if you like, oh, yeah. I'm not trying to like like crap on Kaon. If you like Kaon, that's fine. But yeah, it's it a different is, kind of show. It is not a realistic representation of what starting a band is. The way Bochi portrays it is so spot on. Like. The fact that the first performance they had at Starry was actually... It, they actually recorded the sound bad. Like, that first <laughs> life. I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> gosh. And then, you know, Bochi has her moment of like, no, I don't want it to end like this. She does sh- and then just shreds, right? Just does this sick mm-hmm. solo into their next song, which they actually hit. And then, you know, the ten people there are like, hey, that was pretty good. I'm like, this is exactly what being, like, an indie group you know like high school especially high school age like band is like if you're talented just because you're four talented individuals doesn't mean you're going to play well together and that's the key thing is band to to be a good band you have to play with each other a ton because you got to play off of each other and i'm don't want to get overly like music nerdy on this but where i want to segue with is the other thing that i really loved was when they're playing together the way they animated it is exactly how people play and, and bands play together, like how Kita would always kind of side glance to look uh-huh, at Bochi. Yeah. Like those little micro movements and those little things are just all just are perfect. And music is phenomenal. Um, all the songs were really, really good. Just yeah. and, and then the characters, like I loved all of them. Usually in the ensemble cast, like there's some I don't like. I loved every single one of them. They all brought a lot to the table. And uh, the uh, VAs all absolutely we nailed the roles. Uh, whoever did Bochi, um, I can't remember oh, her name, yeah. but she, ta- incredible talent. Um, she's probably going to be picked up for tons of stuff. Same with, uh, my other favorite was, uh, was uh, whoever did Nijika. She did a really good job too. Her like, <laughs> yeah. her like exuberance and like, you know, her, her like tutsukomis were like perfectly delivered. <laughs> like anytime something happens, she's, she goes like, Bochi-chan! <laughs> just like the, <laughs> the, just the tsukomis were really, really on point. And yeah, another great, big surprise, another really just lovely series that I really enjoyed. And also being kind of a weird introvert, you know, social anxiety mm-hmm. person, just really relatable to. So, <laughs> yeah, I really liked the the thing that I like, there's so much to love about this. And one of the things that really stood out is the animation. Uh, they did a lot of cool, like experimental stuff in this to kind of sell the social anxiety and awkwardness in in certain parts for sure and i thought that was really cool like even doing like stop motion in some parts or drawing bochi all like uh, weird and like like joe from ashtana joe yeah you're like was it was her chin that sharp (laughs) yeah yeah. and then they have the uh the claymation segments and stuff and like yeah yeah it's i yeah the animation in the show is (laughs) <laughs> and then all the random references they make like there was a boatload of of uh of show references that were out of nowhere like uh the there was a bunch of eva references like when she wakes up in the in the oh, yeah. nurse's like oh another ceiling i don't recognize like oh there's a shinji line <laughs> and then there's a there's a cut where she's running down the hall in the school and that was basically one-to-one the a cut from uh furikuri when when uh, Haruka was running with the with the sonic legs, like the twirly legs, like that was. Oh, there's a real somebody made a good YouTube video. I'll post it later if I can find it. That kind of like shows like side by side of like where various cuts came from, like the the part where they're in the uh, izakaya and she's like completely turned to a husk, and that was clearly the end of Ashtana Joe. Like she's like sitting yeah, yeah. slumped in the corner, yeah. just like Joe was. Like you know all these cool references, and then, uh, just yeah, it it was. 
it's it's really an anime for anime fans and yeah, that's yeah. what i really liked about it and it does it it doesn't go it does it i don't know it's so hard to describe what makes it like better than other shows that are trying to do the same yeah I, I think it's easy all. to describe what makes it better uh the script the acting yeah, the animation sure. the production everything it's yeah you watch other you stuff the you're, yeah you watch other stuff and you're like oh why didn't you guys just try harder and do a better job it's not, yeah, it's not, it doesn't feel mass produced, right? It feels like it's very handcrafted, like artisanally crafted anime, right? Yeah. Is what it feels like. Yeah. They really, you could see the passion that everybody had for their, you know, all the, all the stakeholders, right? The animators, the, the writers, the, the voice actresses, it's, actors, everybody just really, you could tell the effort they all put into it. It's the and garage. And the music too. It's the garage the kit is, of anime. It really is. It's, you, can, <laughs> you can feel, you can feel the passion in it and it really was uh, contagious. It really rubbed off on me, so. I still, I still have not finished, um, but it's, it's fabulous. It's, it's great. Oh, lucky you! You still have some. Oh watch. man, you get the la- you get to watch the last episode, which ends in the most botchy way possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I will say that that this show, like, it does a lot of crazy stuff with animation, but this is also um, kind of a poster child for three D rotoscoping. There is a boatload oh, of three D rotoscoping. Yeah. Sometimes it looks bad, like uh, in their, a lot of their onstage stuff is 3D rotoscoped, and um, you know you can tell like Bochi has awkward 3D hair, and and the fingers are the you know pipe cleaner tube fingers, but you know it, they make up for it in my opinion by for most of the time you can't really tell, um, and then they they do so much stuff you know like you say is kind of artisanal. Um, with a lot of care where they do, they'll do original stuff they do with tons of hand drawing things so they're not using it really they're, they're using it maybe like a, a a little bit of a crutch to help them along but i feel like they earn it and then just the comedy in it is so perfect like the 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 timing the delivery on it it's i i, I, la- I actually laughed out loud several times on several cuts yeah um, yeah same just, yeah i i can't even think of like a favorite like funniest or favorite scene there's so many good ones but I would say one that goes up there is the I can't remember the con. I think it was one when they went to the beach and like Bochi's like passed out at the end. She's like got like that green drool coming out of her face because she's like <laughs> completely gone like catatonic, and then she starts to like tweak out and shriek like it was so, yeah. so weird. And they're all just like, "Oh, it's just Bochi being Bochi. It's fine. She's totally fine." And Kita's like super concerned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's an it's another one where the uh, the characters. The four of them are all great because none of them are like they all have their strengths and their and their weaknesses, and none of them are like as perfect as they you know would like to be. Yeah, yeah, I like the um, yeah, I like all that the the characters being kind of none of no two of them are the same. Uh, you know, I guess as any good ensemble should be. Yeah, I will say as good as all the music in it is, the part the one thing that still is heartbreaking to me is my favorite song of the whole show doesn't as far as i can find so far doesn't have an official full length or like a clean recording for it and it's the one where they go watch the the real indie band from the with the drunk bassist oh yeah uh well, there, well <laughs> their their group you know this was sick hack like that song was oh my god i i'm like obsessed with it like i found so many covers for it but all of them play the anime audio in the background which has you know vo- bochi's voiceover and stuff because there as far as any i as anybody seems to know there is no actual clean recording of it yet which i hope oh, no. i hope they fix because man i i'm obsessed with that song the bass riff for that i'm just like yeah i'm i'm i have an unhealthy obsession with it <laughs> success for them cool uh yeah there's a <laughs> i got hooked on some weird youtube channels for bochi <laughs> one guy like posts exclusively like bochi youtube poops <laughs> <laughs> and another one like posts weird jojo and bochi mashups <laughs> which are kind of funny uh, all right uh probably our last big one from the last season uh, was Urusei Yatsura, and that was uh, Nick and Mike. You watched that, indeed. What, what, how about it, Mike? How were you? How'd you feel about it? As well, the resident Urusei Yatsura his, yeah. historian yeah. champion, <laughs> I still quite like it. Um, 
I don't think it's going to replace the original for me, just because some of the weird Oshi-isms of the original were one of the things that I really liked about the show, but I like seeing a different non-Oshi take on it, too, and I can't really complain about the job that David Productions did, because I like kind of the stylized take that they're doing on it. Though it doesn't seem like it's really set the world on fire, so I'm not sure, you know, how long it's going to continue for. Hopefully it's doing well enough to finish out the second half of the run they had planned after a break. Well, so it's it's going to get another core? Is that... Well, it's current, it's two core, and then a hiatus, I believe, after this winter, and I believe that was always the plan, and then but it was sold for a run of four, so presumably it's coming back again at some point, unless it's done worse than... Which, I don't know, I don't really have a sense of how well it's done, but it doesn't seem like everyone's talking about it. Well, my Japanese social channels are pretty health, have a healthy amount of Uruzuyatsura activity on it. I would say domestically, I think it's a hit, because just looking at Fuji Terebi's, um YouTube channel... The first op has uh, currently 11 million views, which is quite good for anything well, anime. I mean, it was my op vote for Kenzoki, so... It is a fantastic <laughs> op, uh, I agree. Um, I, 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 uh, I do enjoy it as well. Um, I, it's been so long since I watched the original, it's hard for me to compare the two, but I would probably have to just agree with Mike in that it's hard to replace the original, because obviously... You know, it set the it set the tone for, you know, Rumiko Takahashi's entire career really afterwards. I mean she was <laughs> making real. she was making Urusiyatsu when she was like in high school or something. Like it was mm-hmm. you know, she was still in classes like drawing the characters up. And you can see so much of the DNA of future characters in other series, right? In yeah, and show. it also set the tone for Oshi's entire career. Oh yeah, true. Very true. And so this is like UI minus Oshi, so it's always going to be different. That doesn't mean it's bad, but it means that there are things that it's maybe purer UI than Oshi's was, and there are areas where that, you know, means you don't get certain stories that were absolutely great that may have been filler episodes in the original. (laughs) I would say, for me, the standout thing about the show is its color palette. Oh, yeah. The the digital coloring they did on it, phenomenal. I can't wait to see, you know, any potential older, uh, especially Rumiko Takahashi stuff. Because with her stuff, I mostly I read it. I don't really watch all of it. I read a lot more than I watch. And she always is that. She always watercolors everything, right? So it has that very mm-hmm. kind of muddled look on everything, which is fine. Um, it's a very unique look, but it it's a very specific look. And you know, seeing that digitized and you know brought up in HDR, you know, colors, I'm like, wow. Lum's hair looks really good now. Oh, yeah. So. Lum's hair is spot on. That is something that you just could not do in cell animation and that I've always looked at because anytime Takahashi draws it, it ends up looking a bit different when she's drawing it in color. For sure. Like, and it's nice to finally see an animated interpretation of what that might look like, and I think they hit it out of the park on that. Yeah. I would say for me, that's the hall the, the the hallmark of the reboot is is the the color palette and the dig- digital coloring and just how clean it looks. Yeah, absolutely. Together. The look of it is fantastic, particularly because the early eps, you know, it's all they really are cramming in the character introductions, similar to the first season of the original, and but. The first season of the original is also just looked really rough. They definitely got more of a budget and time bump when it became a hit than they did for the early episodes. Yeah, and then the, lastly, uh, I think the one little cool, I guess you can call it Easter egg, or you know, call back to the original was uh, Lum's uh, mother and father are the original VAs for Ataru and, and Lum from the from the 70s yeah. series, so I thought that was cool that they did that. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah, I don't dislike the new cast. They're obviously a change, but it's very reasonable to do that 40 years later. <laughs> yeah, I, I, would, I would agree, yes. That's cool. So, yeah, I, watched, I watched the first 
up of it. And it's like, I just, I don't know. I had trouble watching. It's one of those things where it's like so much of the characters and their relationships just feel like so potentially, I, I just, I just got, I just got cringed out on so much stuff and was like, oh man, I don't know if this works now. At least, to, at least not for me. Mm-hmm. Totally reasonable, I think. Yeah, that is fair. I definitely was wondering how it would work, and it works better than I thought it would, but I could certainly see some audiences noping out of the room for those character dynamics still, which are very of their time. They did not update (laughs) them perhaps as much as one might either have hoped or worried they would. Yeah, because it could easily have been the same thing. Oh, well, you changed it. Now now you just... did whatever the re you did a, a a reboot where all you did was you just took the name and made a whole new thing. You turned Archie into Riverdale because you had the name and you wanted to make a totally yeah. different thing. And they don't really play it up too much, but I like that they kept it in the eighties rather than trying to give everyone mm. cell phones and figure out what to do with all these stories of that era in the modern day. Yeah. Like I, as soon as I saw, you know, uh, uh, Tartar's house with the with the the twisty knob TV with the VH, VHF UHF and the you know boombox radio. I'm like, okay, good. They kept it period accurate. That's that <laughs> that mattered a lot to me. So, I mean, it probably ruin a bunch of episodes if they had to answer for the internet and smartphones. Oh yeah, mm. I mean, though yeah, at the same yeah. time they make some mod nods to modern tech, like whenever they show an interface on one of the computers on one of the alien spaceships. It's a more modern, like, smartphone-ish interface, which makes sense. hmm hmm Like, there's no reason to leave alien tech back in the 1980s. Right. Where our imagination has grown since then, and it's not really plot important. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that, uh, overall, uh, I, 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 I echo Mike's sentiment. I think it could... I, I was concerned because the dynamics in Urusa Yatsura certainly are are not, you know, uh, very acceptable anymore in a modern society. But I think they softened enough of it to make it palatable. And I think that also explains why it's probably more of a domestic hit over in Japan, where they're kind of, you know, they have more of the uh, the member berry, you know, kind of nostalgia mm-hmm. for stuff like that versus, you know, the the Western world. So. Also, I think it's probably hurt over here by being stuck on high dive. Uh, yeah, probably, very, <laughs> yeah, very likely, yes. All right. Well, we're we're about at our time here. Uh, I think the only other stuff left that people had watched is kind of ongoing stuff. So I'll just kind of give you guys some a final chance to say whatever you want here. Uh, starting with uh, Mike, final thoughts. Uh well, you've sold me on. The other shows we're talking about, at least Akiba Made Wars and the band one that I'm drawing a blank on. Oh, gee. I will have to give Chainsaw Man a shot, though I feel like maybe, I don't know, CG is a hard sell for me, so maybe I should just read it. You should you should give it a shot, because it's not straight up CG, so it's worth a shot. But if you, I highly recommend you read it, uh, if you can. Cool. How about you, Nick? Final thoughts? Mm, yeah, Fall 22 was stacked. Um, all the yeah. shows we talked about, I enjoyed to a, a very significant degree. It'd be tough for me to choose an absolute winner, so I won't. They all have their strengths and weaknesses for sure. Um, only one I'll add, just because it was ongoing, was... was uh, I'm, I'm still enjoying My Hero Academia into S6. Um, Really good. Looking forward to seeing, you know, how they wrap things up because it looks like they're leaping into the final arc of everything. So pretty hyped for that. Um I will I will finish Gundam Witch from Mercury, uh probably soon, in the next month or so. It's it's probably gonna be the next show I get to just because again, winter twenty three, not looking so bueno. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump on uh, My Hero Academy. That's a show that I've watched. I I have watched all of it and sometimes kind of been more background. But I have to say this last season was really freaking good. Like the animation was, you know, like just very nice, cleanly done throughout. I think the opening of it was really cool. It's worth, you know, like there's some potential spoilers in it or whatever in the opening because it's whatever the 10th tenth opening yeah. in the show. But it's this really cool style, like an American comic style thing does an op- done in an opening and just 
done awesome. Yeah, not to interject again, but I think it matches the manga style mm. really well. I think that's why I liked it so much. Yeah. Is it's really close to that. I got the really thick line art. Mm, chef's kiss. Yeah, super good. Uh, yeah, very very good season. I've been pleasantly surprised with it after I think not being as much. Um, yep. Did you have anything else you wanted to say as your final thoughts, Dylan, or is that kind of? Uh, I gotta I gotta finish Bochi. Yes. <laughs> you better. Yes, you do. <laughs> you will. All right, cool. Well, um, I'm not going to say much else other than um, I agree with everybody else that uh, Fall 22 was amazingly stacked. Uh, super good shows. Um, and yeah, Winter is... Mm, there's probably going to be some gems in there. I'm still checking stuff out, though, but we'll see. Um, so I think next time we will be talking about uh, winter shows and hopefully by then we'll found some gems um but we'll see uh, and with that uh, this is amo kenzoku signing off saroba